Welcome to another edition of the Tom Green Podcast, and if you don't know already or haven't watched a lot of the news, if you've been a bit of a hermit, I suggest that you stay that way, because COVID-19 coronavirus has affected the entirety of this world, pretty much. Maybe Antarctica, maybe the North Pole. Dear God, nobody go to the North Pole and infect Rudolph or Santa or any of his reindeer with this COVID-19, because we need Christmas presents. We need... You know, we we need the good stuff. And getting you through this COVID-19 coronavirus disaster, which has closed off sports for pretty much a month, I brought in somebody that does variety shows of his own to do a variety show of my own on this show. And that is Joe Toscano, a.k.a. Joey Bag of Donuts, at Joey Bag of, that's O-V, Donuts. Welcome to the show, Joe. What's up? Long time no talk. I know. It's been since August. You were on for Cubs, uh, the Cubs Pirates series, which you had ended up putting up the Cubs hat as your profile picture, which I was happy to see. <laughs> I got so much crap for that. That was one of the hardest weeks I've ever had on Twitter, was when I put that Cubs hat on my, on my profile pic. I got so many people saying, what do you take it off? Just, just take it off. I'm like, I cannot wait till I take this thing off. <laughs> it was torture. <laughs> I'd imagine, and then, to be honest, if the pirates would have won, I my punishment was supposed to be <clears throat> talk like a pirate on Twitter, and I would have went full on Patchy the pirate and Potty with the um, with the eye patch and just start started talking like a pirate. Ah, you're doing it, Tom, on the show. Ah, I'm potty, I know. So I, I would have gone full on patchy and potty from SpongeBob and just just did it. Kind of like kind of like if we watch Impractical Jokers, and here here's here's the first tangent of this show. Joe, if you ever watch Joe's Punishments, he owns it, doesn't he? Sure, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how I how I would be if said punishment were to have happened. So, uh, since this is a, a variety show, any topic is pretty much on board. And we're going to start with, of course, this pandemic of COVID-19. It's shut down sports for a month. So even just the thought of bringing this variety show on the air tells you that I need some filler content for so for you guys so that the Tom Green podcast is still airing even without sports. So, um, Tell us a little bit about what the people, well, you and the people of Pittsburgh, PA, are doing to survive this coronavirus epidemic, pandemic. Well, apparently people thought alcohol would be a good idea to uh, to to disinfect the virus because <laughs> everybody went out to bars and stuff for uh, St. Patrick's Day, which was... Really not a smart thing to do, but I guess you can't stop people from getting drunk. <laughs> Very true, and I saw a lot of uh, pictures out of Chicago and New Orleans, and it's like, so this is what we do when we're told to hunker down. We do, but we don't do it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which would have been interesting if I had been able to go to a bar, but working six days a week... One of the days being a night shift at this radio station. Your drinking hours are pretty much limited to Saturdays. And you're tired from recovering from the night shift to where 
one drink and you're you're good. <laughs> so that's pretty much life as we know it for me, but at least a few things to get you through this coronavirus at least at least for me. Um documentaries. I've been a fan of documentaries for a long time. Even you see we see yes, I've been a fan of sports for many years, but <clears throat> There are things that you have to do to pass the time during the day. And one thing for me is documentaries. I've always liked, uh, well, sports, of course, sports documentaries, but historical documentaries, political documentaries. Um, of course, we won't get too much into politics, but in fact, just before watching or just before recording this podcast, I'd actually just finished watching the documentary on the History Channel about Operation Black Hawk Down. <laughs> so that tells you that. Yes, there are different things that I do besides that. Of course, reading. Uh, we do it on Twitter. Grab a good book. Relax with it. That'll kill a few hours of the 14 days of quarantine that people have to go through. Um, <clears throat> well, I guess drinking, that's one way. A lot of people have <laughs> a lot of people have done that in groups, which, of course, we would not advise. But that's another way. And then, um, I guess, old Old sports games are on too. You can watch those and relive some of the great moments. Like for for you, of course, I'll, I'll of course I'll throw the dart at myself. The two th- game seven in two thousand nine. Uh, that's a good one for Joey to watch. Uh, for me, that was agonizing. But there's one thing you can watch. For me, at least, game six of two thousand eight. Um, that one's a good thing to watch. But there. But there's just a few things, a few suggestions on my end. Any anything on your end to cope with 14 days of just sitting there and doing nothing? I'm doing the Netflix thing, and <laughs> I've been binge watching Shit's Creek, and I cannot recommend that enough. That is one of the best TV shows of the last 10 years. Maybe one of the best uh, comedies of the last maybe 20 years. Um, it's so well done. It's, uh, it's cute. It's smart. It's funny. It's easy to get through because the episodes are only, uh, 20 minutes and there's not many, very many of them. So, um, I highly recommend Shit's Creek. All right. And, and like I said, of course, game seven of the 2009 cup finals, you'll probably want to find that and watch that too, wouldn't you? I remember that like it was yesterday, but it is <laughs> funny that, you know, you mentioned, you know, yeah, I, I don't want to see uh, Game 6 of 2008. It's like, and I mean, in, in Pittsburgh, we've been very lucky we've, to have, you know, many championships and championship games of the last, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. When your team makes it to the championship and loses, it's like, and then you look back at that or, or when you think of that season, it's like it didn't exist. People don't even, if you ask a Penguins fan, hey, remember what happened in 2008? We're like, uh, oh yeah, we lost. No, I don't want to think about it. But you ask them about 2009, yeah, 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 we won the Cup in Game 7, it was awesome. So, and it's the same thing with the Steelers. They don't remember at all the time the times that they lost to the uh, the Packers or the, uh, or the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. It's like those years didn't exist. <laughs> Good point, because to me, I try to forget about the championship losses as well. Like 2017, Michigan-Villanova. Oh, wait, that happened? I never knew. (laughs) (laughs) 
when if, if it wasn't for Dante DiVincenzo and eight minutes in between, well, of course, the last four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second half, Michigan has a national title. And unfortunately, those two things happened. Villanova just dominated eight minutes of the game, which mattered. And DiVincenzo was a freak for 15 minutes and destroyed us. <laughs> That's another thing. You, it, every fan base has somebody that they absolutely hate from, you know, that, that basically broke their heart. You know, Pittsburgh Kings have a number of them um, for, from, you know, the Penguins, Pirates, and, Steel, and uh, Steelers. Um, you know, just, just random names that, you know, you wouldn't even think of, uh, you know, Francisco Cabrera in the 92, uh, in, um, National League Championship Series. Um, there was, there was a, a San Diego Charger in the 94, uh, AFC Championship game, Alfred Papunu, that, uh, that, that destroyed the Steelers. Um, there was, um, in 93 for the Penguins, there was, a uh, David Volick, uh, had, had this heartbreaking, uh, goal. It's like, it's like, there's these names that, they don't. They're, they're not big names, but fa- you know, fans of a certain uh, fan base know them very well because they broke their hearts. Another one I'll add is Luke Hancock, 2013, Louisville and Michigan. <laughs> he kept hitting three after three and sank the Wolverines in a title that was later vacated, but uh. it still stings. Which, speaking of, Rick Pitino... Just got hired as the coach of the Iona Gales. Any thoughts about that? Well, 853rd time is a charm. Maybe this time he won't <laughs> be crooked. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, the one thing I've thought about with Rick Patino, and it wasn't, you know, the strippers or the money or something like that, is that he looks a lot like Regis Philbin. I hope I'm not the only guy that thinks that. Am I? Can you see that comparison? That's exactly part of why I thought that way. It's because Regis is 87, I believe, and Rick kind of looked the same age. But Richard, uh, who's coaching in Minnesota, looks like he's like 30. Of course, he's Joey's probably looking that up right you now. Are cur- you are You know what? Not, not even 30. He looks like he... he that dude... That dude's getting carted at bars for a long time. That is, yeah, that is one young-looking guy. He looks like he's maybe, maybe twenty-seven, maybe, maybe twenty-two or something like that. He does not. And he's actually thirty-seven. He's thirty-seven. <laughs> so uh, that was, I was pretty close. But yeah, every time I watch a Minnesota Big Ten basketball game, I see him and I'm like, wait, they're they're that's father and son. I thought it was grandfather and grandson. <laughs> Bring your, bring your grandkid to work today. <laughs> Pretty much. But I could see the father and son thing, too, because my dad is 66 years old and I'm 24. So there's a big age gap. So you, know, you never know. Father and son or grandpa and grandson. Make sure you, make sure you distinguish it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Another little tangent on the Patino. So... Moving to another topic before we get to the Q&A. Um, 
sitcoms. Um, Joey and I have talked off air quite a bit about 90 sitcoms. In fact, I've tagged him in a Facebook post about winning a, or getting a thousand bucks for watching like 13 hours of friends. Um, we, of course we've exchanged, um, <laughs> how was your date with Phil? He took it out. <laughs> and then I tried to replicate the entire, the entirety of that scene on his Twitter once. He took it out. <laughs> it, it, out, out. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, it, it, out, out. <laughs> Gee, I, we always try to get her clothes off. It, we, well, we never thought of it that way. <laughs> I never thought about taking on mine. <laughs> so, 90s sitcoms. Um, tell, us, tell us a couple of your favorite 90s sitcom episodes. Episodes? Uh, oh, God. I am, right now, I am obsessed with Seinfeld. I um, I recently discovered a, a podcast that like covers every episode of Seinfeld and uh, you know goes through each episode in like a lot of detail and uh, I, I it's it's so cool. So I mean there, there's just so many good episodes of uh, Seinfeld. For me the number one one was the contest. Uh, I think that's one of the greatest episodes of any TV show ever. Um, I remember when it happened, I could not believe they were talking about that subject on I'm out. television. I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, Seinfeld covered a lot of subjects that, whoa, <laughs> I cannot believe they got away with that. Uh, even, uh, you know, even, you know, he took it out, like, like, wow, you just, you know, like, what other, you know, that's not happening on Family Matters or Saved by the Bell or anything like that. <laughs> yes, I, I, I am a Seinfeld aficionado, and I gotta say, one of my top episodes is the contest, because it just, one, it's just out of left field, it's like, the 90s, and you're talking about that? That yeah. is... Very risque, especially for that time. Nowadays, depending on what channel it's on, you probably could get away with it a little bit more. But that uh, in that time, you got to well, we all got to remember that that was on NBC. That was prime time, eight o'clock or seven o'clock, whenever it was broadcasted. Television families were probably sitting around there watching it, and then all of a sudden, I'm out. <laughs> You're out? Yeah, I'm out of the contest. <laughs> Another one of my favorite lines are, um, these pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see a bag of pretzels, I say that. <laughs> these pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> because they are. Are making me thirsty! <laughs> You know, he's parking cars for a living. Get it! Shut up! Shut up! I hear you! I'm coming down! <laughs> These pretzels are making me thirsty! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, the fun. Oh, the fun of a variety show. Of course, an another great one. The Soup Nazi. 
No soup for you. And that's a real guy. You know, um, <laughs> you go to New York and there's billboards everywhere about soup Nazi. Like, and he's and he was mad. He was mad at, at Seinfeld that they made an episode about him. Like, dude, you're making all kinds of money. You're you're mad about this? <laughs> oh wow! The best scene in that one. It isn't necessarily when George gets no soup for you. It's when George, or it's when Jerry and his then girlfriend are trying to make out in his line, and Jerry's like, eh, "Soup? I think I'll have soup." <laughs> and takes soup over the woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he like denies. She she leaves. She's like, "Come on, Jerry." He's like, "Do I know you?" <laughs> <laughs> That tells you that soup is a very powerful thing. Jemaya. When, 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 when like he talks about it later, it's like, well, I knew I could make, I could probably make up with a girlfriend, but there's no way I'm making up with soup Nazi, so I had to play the percentages. <laughs> no soup for you. Come back one year. <laughs> yeah. Jemaya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Newman's such a great character. Oh man! There are people that will approach Wayne Knight in the street and say, "Hello, Hello Newman." <laughs> and you can just tell the there. There's a good question. Why they're here? That this might be the question of the podcast so far. In your in your opinion, and I'll voice mine as well. Why did Newman hate Seinfeld so much? Um, if I were to guess, I would say jealousy. Um, you know, Jerry had a nicer apartment that was cleaner and without fleas. Um, he had more friends. I mean, it was just, you know, I think it was just a jealousy thing. Uh, and, you know, I, I you know, I love that, 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 you know, do we have arch enemies in real life? Because <laughs> Jerry had one, you know, I mean, right. who, there's, there's no reason for Newman to rat on him when he's making out with his girlfriend during Schindler's List. There's no reason for that, but, but he had to go tell his parents. I mean, you know, this just went out of his way to tell his parents. And I love when he went to approach Jerry's parents. Even Jerry's mother is like, hello, oh, Newman. Newman. <laughs> How could you? What? You were making out during Schindler's List? <laughs> Ah. <laughs> and they they asked him about the movie. Like, yeah, I saw Schindler's List. I was like, "What was your favorite part?" He's like, "Uh, the list." <laughs> oh yeah, I remember the part with the list. Yeah, that was that was great. <laughs> Newman. <laughs> oh, I know the chunky who left these chunkies. <laughs> Newman. <laughs> And of course, the goat of quotes all time on Seinfeld. Was that wrong? Should I not have done that? <laughs> amazing, amazing. George is—he's—he's—he's the best. He's—he's the best. It's not a lie if you don't believe. If you, it, it's, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> you and the cleaning lady were engaging in sexual relations on the desk in your office. Who said that? She did. 
Was that wrong? Should, Should I, I not have, have done, done that? that? <laughs> it's not a denial. It's not an admission of guilt. It's, was that wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he has to go through his, you know, in, in his mind, he's going through his, his database of excuses. And says, well, I mean, there's no, there's, show me the policy where it says I can't have sex with a cleaning lady on, on a desk in the <laughs> office, okay? You see, if I would have known that was not the right thing to do, We'd had no problems here. (laughs) Oh, man, was that wrong? And, of course, oh, yes, to answer um, my answer on the Newman question, I also think it was jealousy because of Seinfeld's life. We saw, we didn't really see a whole lot of life through Newman. The stuff that we saw was helping Seinfeld or Kramer out on a task. So, the jealousy was certainly there for Newman, and unfortunately for him, um, he he and Seinfeld did not get along. But of course, mail fraud. I have a few questions. I'd say I have a few questions myself, George. <laughs> uh, the timeless art of seduction. <laughs> and of course, in Mike Leach's office back at Washington State, he had that photo with his face photoshopped in it rather than George. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the national treasure of a coach that is Mike Leach. That's another thing about this program is that during the rapid fire games, and hopefully some year Lions and Steelers will come up, um, there are two coaches that I never bet against. Ed Orgeron, Mike Leach. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. Of course, Eddie or- Orgeron talking about this coronavirus just made just inspired you to want to attack it even more. It's like this this thing this thing is this thing screwed. <laughs> so, a nice converse, a good conversation about Seinfeld there, as well as getting you through this COVID nineteen. Why don't we turn it over to our Q and A portion of the show, and we had. Of more questions than I had anticipated for the Q&A, and it was good. A couple of your followers as well as a couple of mutual followers. We're going to start with, um, uh, if I pronounced it correctly, Dorothy Pisarski asked us, um, the NHL is suspended, not canceled. Will the NHL return this season? Um, I'll ask the fan of a better hockey team than mine. Um, Unfortunately, there are... Probably college hockey teams that are better than my own at, at this point. Hopefully I'm wrong, but um, will the NHL return this season? So, we, we don't know when they'll be back. I mean, I would assume they're going to come back, but, I mean, you know, we're thinking two weeks or three weeks or a month or something like that, but now I just saw something that they recommend everybody being quarantined for two months. Well, two months takes us into May. Yeah. And, okay, so how's that going to work? Now, I mean, the NHL has had a large number of games. Um, I believe they've played about 60 games. So if you wanted to 
you know, cancel the regular season and just go right into the playoffs. I suppose you could do that and just base off base off that. Or if you want to have like a one or two week regular season to to you know finish it out and then have the playoffs. Okay, fine. But we don't know when it's going to come back. So the answer is yes, it's going to come back, but I just don't know when. Um, mm-hmm. I I know this isn't uh, on, on topic, but were you shocked? that they just canceled the NCAA uh, basketball tournaments because I just, I still am mystified by that. Well, everything else has got mm-hmm. postponed, but did they just, they just canceled March Madness. I, I just don't understand that. Yeah, certainly good question. And, and of course, variety shows. So anything is on topic. Um, I'm very surprised that it was canceled. I thought it was certainly going to be postponed because you saw the big 10, Actually, just about every conference tournament just get PP or just get canceled on a whim. And the Big East, I was sitting there watching uh, St. John's and Grayton, and all of a sudden, two minutes later, boom, canceled. It's like, the hell? <laughs> so, yes, I'm very surprised that it was canceled. With the spring sports, though, being canceled, my opinion is they should try to salvage these tournaments. I really do think they should try to salvage them in about a month or so. Yeah, let's. Of course, we still have to see what this COVID nineteen does. But with spring sports now being out of the off the table, why don't we try to compete? Or why, why don't we try to complete this season of March Madness? Because one team I feel horrible for is Rutgers. I never thought I would say that on this program, but I feel terrible for Rutgers because. If you read my article on the Scorker, I was talking about how they were going through very tough times just a few years ago. They had to get rid of a coach that abused his players and Mike Tice to stagnation with Eddie Jordan. And Steve Peichel had to rebuild that program basically from the ground up. And he finally is going to get this team into the NCAA tournament. And all of a sudden, COVID-19 shuts him down. It's like, man, I feel Terrible for Geo Baker, the Rutgers staff, as well as the seniors throughout that were going to be a part of this tournament. It's oh man, this 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 sucks. You know who I feel bad for is Dayton. They yes. had one of the best teams maybe they've ever had, and that's it. Done. You you, you lost your chance. Um, I think that's terrible. You know, mm-hmm. a, a, a school like that. It's not like they they're a perennial powerhouse or something like that. You know, it's not like they're the, often that they get a chance like this. Uh, and is it gone? That's uh, it's heartbreaking. Dayton had always been formidable and decent, especially under Archie Miller. In fact, the I'll always remember this: the first game, March Madness game that I ever skipped class or work for was Dayton and Ohio State in 2014 when Dayton whooped them, or Dayton upset Ohio State in the first round of the NCAA tournament. That's when they made their run to the Elite Eight. Dayton has always been kind of, you know, a bubble bubble team, So a lot of times on the inside of the bubble, but we've never seen anything like this. And, yeah, Obi Toppin and the Dayton Flyers, that, that's another team to feel just awful for. It's like, man, what? I would. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I really do, because now we see in the NBA, 
Christian Wood, who replaced Andre Drummond for the Pistons, has the virus. Rudy Gobert has the virus. Uh, Donovan Mitchell has the virus. We still don't know. It's the classic SpongeBob's quote. We don't know. We don't know how big this virus has gotten, and we need to we need to do something about it. And unfortunately, while I do believe the right call was made, it sucks that we'd see these teams not getting not being able to compete for the big prize. I hope that the NCAA can make up their mind in about a month or so and say, you know, well, let's do it. Uh, and I'm glad to see. I'm glad to see that the spring sports are getting quote-unquote compensated, meaning the, the players are going to get an extra year of eligibility for this. Good, good move, NCAA. Yeah, but does that include basketball? That's where I, I tend to agree that there, there should be another year of eligibility there too because, yeah, you played, over, you played your entire regular season, but you don't know what happened at the end of it. And unfortunately for a lot of players, they want, they want to go to the NBA and they want to forego that year. So back to the question of will NHL come back this season, I agree and say yes. What could happen if this thing is extended? Um, I'm going to take you back years ago uh, to Garber and Birch Run. Eskizo Garber is where he went to high school. Um, football game in the middle of September. <clears throat> I know you're thinking, what the hell? Bear with me. There was a lightning strike with one second remaining in the first half. And the MHSAA rules state that once you see a flash of lightning, automatic 30-minute delay. So even though there was one second left in the half, and I thought it was BS that the refs called it, they should have let, let the play happen. It did. Um, <clears throat> we went into a lightning delay. This lightning delay lasted about an hour. This thing, this storm that I remember back in September of 14 was, wasn't an easy one to get rid of. So after an hour's delay, they play the last play, and then here's where the story makes sense. <clears throat> then they have a one-minute halftime, and then they play the second half once again. So now going back to the NHL, I could potentially see that happening. Um... If they decide to suspend the rest of the regular season and play the playoffs, I would like to see all the teams play the exact same number of games. It's kind of one of those things, and Joey has these isms too. I'm sure you know what I mean. I would like to see the NHL have all their teams play the exact same amount of games and then start the playoffs and then decide the Stanley Cup champion and then have like two weeks off and then start the regular season. It would be tough, but I'm sure you see where I'm going with that. If if it comes down to it, we're not. This wouldn't be the first time titles were not decided or basic championships were canceled. Uh, it actually happened, I believe, almost a hundred years ago because of Spanish flu. Uh, but then, in what was it, 2004, 2005, because of you know the the, the strike uh, oh. happened. Mm -hmm. in Baseball, the World Series was canceled in, I believe, 94, 95. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, it's happened before. Um, it would be a shame, but, uh, you know, this, this thing is having a huge uh, impact on sports. But, 
you know, it's it, it, it won't affect, you know, most athletes make pretty good money. And um, thank goodness a lot of them are stepping up. Either the teams or the players are stepping up and, and paying the salaries of the people that work the arenas. Um, and that I think that that's awesome. But um, I think this whole thing is going to have an enormous economic impact on um, you know, restaurants, uh, hotels, um, things like that. So, um, it's just, it's, it, it's going to hurt a lot of people financially. Um, you know, someone like me, I work in it. I could just work from home. You know, a lot of people can work from home or go to school and take classes at home and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just an adjustment, but it's going to, it's going to hurt a lot of people, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, as much as I would like to just be off for that much time, the pay not being paid would suck. And um, I'm in news radio, of course, and I was actually I've I'm still hoping to find myself with the Tigers or Lions or a sports team like that. And I was hoping to jump from this job to that. Well, this COVID nineteen just threw a monkey wrench in that. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm not too eager to get out of the crib that is my parents' place yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's unfortunate but we both think that the nhl will come back this season moving to our next question um well i'm not sure of his actual name but his twitter says wash your hands and a few other words uh related to that at Pro- prof pod oh dorothy's twitter was at prof Pisarski. um at prof par pod asks weirdest field played or watched an event on Go ahead. For for me, it would be the Oakland Coliseum, um, and this would be, I guess, two seasons ago. The anytime the Steelers go, anytime they go any play game on the West Coast, it's a disaster, and they usually lose. But this time, they lost because of an X-ray machine during the game. Ben Roethlisberger got hurt. It was it was uh, right before the end, uh, right before the uh, the, the um, halftime. Uh, he got hurt, hurt his ribs or something like that. So it was unknown whether he would return. And I believe in the third quarter, the backup, um, I forget what his name, uh, played, and, and the Steelers ended up losing. The reason why uh, Ben did not return was because they didn't know whether he had a cracked rib or not. They didn't know whether they had a cracked rib or not because the X-ray machine, the, the Oakland Coliseum was so old and dilapidated, the X-ray machine could not be found or wasn't working or something like that. So it was, there was a delay in knowing whether Ben could return, and that ended up costing them the game. So, uh, yay, go, good for you Raiders. Uh Nice, nice home field advantage you got there, but uh, that 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 trumped the Steelers that day. So you were watching this on television, if I'm correct. Yeah. Okay. Because I took this, uh, I took this question a little bit different route, and um, I've been, of course, to a lot of ball games until I took this job. Of course, I haven't been to a professional sports game since, but hopefully that will come back soon. Uh, the weirdest stadium I have ever watched a game on in person, and my my west my Western Michigan buddy Jordan Bennett may or may not like this, is actually Waldo Stadium at Western Michigan. 
I was at college game day back in 2016 when this was the P.J. Fleck row the boat year, <clears throat> if you remember correctly. And um, I was at that game, sat end zone, uh, saw Corey Davis catch a couple of touchdown passes. What made it so weird, <clears throat> being at Waldo Stadium, was that if I looked to my right from my end zone seat, <clears throat> I could see business loop 94 from my seat, the highway. I looked to my left, straight up woods. I mean, it looks like I could put up a tree stand right at Waldo Stadium and hunt from there. It, it, it was just the weirdest thing. I mean, it was cool, but it's like, wow, how can this stadium be so different? In fact, if you are a Western Michigan band member, you're sitting on the sidelines, um, and you are straight up. Besides looking at the press box, of course, you are straight up looking into the woods if you're not watching the game. It's it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> but if we're looking at weirdest games I've watched, um, Cubs games, there's always something... I always say about Wrigley Field, there's always something weird that happens there. And I, it doesn't really happen too much when I was there, but watching games on television, it's like something different would happen watching a game on TV there. But yes, Oakland Oakland had its weirdness too. And now, unfortunately, the Raiders are playing in Las Vegas now. So, we, so if you didn't get to see that weirdness, unfortunately, you won't get to see it anymore. So moving to our next question. Uh, thanks, at Prof Pod for that one. Um, a question that's more designed for myself, but we can also um, flip this your way as well. Uh, Dr. Super Bowl who's been on the show a couple of times, Brandon, um, I've called him on the show, Brandon, my team's got four more Super Bowl appearances and your team has Fazilari. Uh At spot underscore Bills asks, Lions free agency. And I will flip this around to Steelers free agency so that you can answer it as well. Uh, tell us about it. What? Um, any thoughts on that? I think what the Lions will do in free agency is get yeah. Christian's. Um, I think the the Steelers. I, I think it's very interesting. I, I think we need to talk about this uh, NFL um, uh, CBA vote that got mm, yes. uh, ratified barely by by the hair of a chinny chin chin. The, the players voted to uh, accept this uh, proposal, and I think well, it helps the team like the Steelers a lot because it will help them uh, clear up some space on the salary cap, and it adds the salary cap a little bit. So um, it ends up being good for the Steelers, but they, there's not much they can do because they have to. Uh, the, the big question is, will they keep uh, Bud Dupree, um, who's the uh, who's the outside linebacker? And most likely they will, but they're going to have to clear up a bunch of space to do it. So they're, they're right up against the cap, so there's not a whole lot they could do. Gotcha. Yeah, as for my Lions, um, they need anything and everything because the defense was flat-out terrible, and the offense without Stafford was iffy at best. It was god-awful to watch. And I kind of got lucky with uh, taking part the part-time part of this new job because part of it was Sunday afternoons, which I was to miss NFL, unless if you're like me, and find a way to get tuned in radio or YouTube streaming to get some NFL games. Oh, wait, I said that on air. 
<laughs> but anyway, um, <clears throat> the Lions got eliminated on Thanksgiving Day, and the first Sunday I was to work to miss a Lions game was the game after that against the Vikings. So I don't know. Some I guess I don't know. I um, serenity now. I guess um, <laughs> somehow I was able to not miss a meaningful Lions game this year. But uh, that being said, they need anything and everything. Uh, defense, offensive line, um, I've got here Clayton Gathers, Shelby Harris, Mike Schofield, uh, Jordan Phillips, Logan Ryan would be great free agents for them to grab. They need anything and everything at this point. Heck, Lions, if you need a formidable um, right, right or left guard or a tight end, I'm big enough, put me in. I mean, this... They need anything and everything right now. And I'm glad that they kept Patricia for one more year because it's not all his fault. It's only it was only year two. If they are no better than I'd say six and ten next year, and maybe that might not be good enough, then it might be time to think about Patricia. But they did get rid of uh Paul Pascaloni, which was the right move. They they just need anything and everything. I have two questions. Okay. Okay. So you say that they need everything. They have the third overall pick. Should they trade that pick, trade down, and you know just get a whole bunch of draft picks and try to replenish that way? Um, if Chase Young and AJ Epinesa are off the board, I would say yes. Those two, you got to take one of them. And I think I certainly think that one of them are going to be on the board at three. I think you you keep that pick unless you get like a trade that let's say the Niners and Bears did in 2017, some silly trade like that that somebody's freaking out because they won't get their guy. Then you take. But I honestly think Young or Epinesa, you got a draft at three. I agree. Um, the other thing is, is it? I mean, I'm hearing rumors that Stafford is getting traded. Do you think they should just go ahead and trade him? Or, I mean, I don't, I don't even think they would get much for him. I mean, he's he's good, I still, but I don't know. Why not keep him? Yeah, I would keep him. We saw last year that the offense wasn't. It was okay, but it wasn't what it normally is with Stafford. And it, it would have to be, for me to consider, it would have to be multiple firsts and seconds. It, it would at least have to be that. And I would say an offensive lineman that can play now in the NFL. And, yeah, I, don't, I just don't think you're going to get that from Stafford's value. So, um, the next question, oh, I guess this is the, Last one, actually, um, kind of like on PTI's Mail Time. Last one from our buddy Joe Ricotta. Uh, he says he's at the Riot 326, but as you've heard me say on the show, it's Terrio 326. I don't care if he thinks that it's the Riot. It's spelled like Ryan Terrio, so it's Terrio. Um, <laughs> MLB player that the delayed start benefits the most. Um, go ahead and... Tell me if you can. Otani from the Angels. Uh, he had Tommy John surgery. He was due um, to come back in middle of May. So this 
I mean, assuming that the season is actually going to start in May, um, I think that would uh, that, that means he either won't miss much time or won't miss any time. Yes, that um, Owatani having Tommy John that quickly, I guess, in his career was a bit of a surprise and not uh, about this. But yes, that will help Shohei Owatani because the Angels, uh, of course, Madden, now with Joe Madden being the manager, you're going to see him play both at, at any time, pitcher or hitter. We saw that with Travis Wood when he was with the Cubs. He's going to do that with Owatani. Maybe not so much start. I could possibly see him going to the bullpen if he does that. But uh, you're going to see Joe Madden use Shohei Otani both ways as pitcher and hitter. Uh, my players that uh, benefited the most, um, of course, Shohei Otani. But let's let's not forget uh, Trey Mancini. Boy, was that scary to see that um, he had a malignant tumor. <clears throat> In his colon, which he is around my age, early to or mid twenties, um, I have the question is I want to know how he knew um, because getting a colonoscopy that quickly seems to not be the trend. But thank God it happened because he he avoided a massive scare with that, so he'll get a lot of time to recover and think to himself, "Oh my God, I could be dead right now." So Trey Mancini is definitely one. Uh, Michael Conforto with his um, arm or leg injury, I forget which one um, he had, but it helps him. The Yankees had five different players on the injured list. They're gonna yeah. get a, <laughs> they're gonna get a lot of time to recover. Uh, Jacques Peterson from the Dodgers had an had another had an arm or leg injury. I <clears throat> I forget. Uh, Max Scherzer, of course, was. On track to start opening day. Now we know for sure that he will start opening day. And then two Cleveland pitchers, Carlos Carrasco, which sort of like Mancini recovering from cancer, and Mike Clevenger, who had an elbow injury, if I'm not mistaken. So quite a few players that will benefit, but no doubt. Um, Shohei Onatani and I would say Trey Mancini top that list for me. Um, does it help the Pirates any? I would assume so. Yeah, um, the only person it really helps is um, Jamison Tyone, who had Tommy John's surgery. Well, he actually doesn't help him at all. He's due back next year. Um, he, the poor guy is just, he's a good pitcher, but he's always hurt. Um, yeah, he's not even going to, it's not even going to help him uh, this year, so... The, 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 the Pirates have many problems, but right now injuries is not one of them. We know that, but we know from a previous podcast that Wizardry was one of them. Yes, yes. <laughs> I.e. Chris Archer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, um, that was your Q&A session. This has been a very good variety show. A heck of a lot of laughs, and that should help you. Should help anybody get through the COVID-19 crisis that is this show. Um, let's see. I guess I'll ask the final question. Anything else you have to add to this wonderful Tom Green podcast? Everybody is wondering what to do. You know, what are we going to do these next weeks and or months, you know, w without sports and stuff like that? There's plenty to do. 
So yes. yeah, watch watch TV, read. Um, my my daughter's taking up crocheting. Um, there's 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 lots of things to do. I think I'm going to learn to play guitar. Um, I have a guitar. I just don't haven't uh, had time to play. It's like hey, maybe maybe I'll, I'll learn to play guitar. There's plenty to do. So you can figure something out to do. We'll, we'll get through this. Oh yeah. Here's here's a challenge I have for you. Um, if you can with this this time off. You have probably watched the Family Guy scene where uh, Stewie sings a song to Brian, right? Learn those chords and come back on the show and uh, we, we'll play that. I might, I might be the voiceover. You know, you got the G chord right here. <laughs> <laughs> that would make some high-quality um, podcasts. I would I would said television, but podcast. Um I guess my final thing, I will actually wrap with um, not not quite wrap, but I will wrap this up with um, a story that a lot of people are probably wondering about yours truly. And that is, for the love of God, why for the past six years has my profile picture been with Jenny Taft? I will actually open that can of worms myself and say, uh, back in 2013, um, this was a couple weeks before I started college and a couple weeks before Jenny took the job at Fox Sports 1, we met at Comerica Park on a bus tour. Uh, the Fox Sports girls back at that time were taking a bus tour across America to promote the start the launch of Fox Sports 1, which replaced Speed. Um, you probably remember the Speed channel, but um, <laughs> it's been that long. So I got talking to a lot of the, the girls there, Kanika, Cabarrus, Jordana DePaula, um, ooh, well, Sarah Carnes, um, who is now the in, in arena voice for the Cleveland Browns, and Jenny Taft as well. And I thought to myself, when speaking with all of those girls, I thought to myself, there's something in Jenny that I see her going very far. So I put her at, at, with myself as my profile picture. Two weeks later, she lands a job at Fox Sports 1. I'm like, oh my God, how did I, how did I know this? How did, how did I know this was going to happen? And so it seems like, at least in my eyes, that she and I inspire one another. And in fact... Back when I was at Michigan, Ohio State, uh, during my training for the radio station, I was telling her, you know, I'm going through some anxiety. You know, you had a big move from Minneapolis to Los Angeles. Any advice you have for me? And she said, Tom, stay confident. Believe in yourself. And I've done that. And the past three months have been, there has there certainly been some hell in the 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 two and a half months I've been full time at radio, but um, we—I think we've inspired one another, and I hope that uh, somebody gets the message out to Jenny that um, that's the big reason why she's been on the profile picture along with myself for the past six years, and hopefully during this COVID nineteen outbreak that Jenny will want to hop on the show. That would be quite a quite an interesting experience. But I, that was that's kind of the story. Is that one of uh, we inspired? one another and it seems like um we you know we've just kind of stayed not quite tightly knit but at least social media wise but 
we've stayed, we've inspired one another, if that makes sense. Any reaction? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's so true. Um, confidence and attitude has uh, a lot to do with it. Uh, believe in yourself. Um, don't. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy. I know that's the case with me. Um, I'm always, I've always uh, had low self confidence that I've had to overcome. Uh, I, just, just, just go for it. Um, believe in yourself and, and go for it. So, yeah, those are uh, excellent messages. Mm-hmm. And that's what inspired me to leave Kroger's was that a manager. And I guess I'll talk about that too. So back in. Back at Kroger's, before I took my vacation, before the All-Star break um, for MLB, my last day before vacation, I always thought to myself, something really hellish happens my last day before vacation, which makes me glad to be on it. And th- in this case, it was one of the pettiest of things, but it it really bothered me. The The manager I've had, Dan, I, will say his, I won't say his last name out loud, but I will say it over here, Dan... Uh, was off the clock. He was a seven to five guy. Off the clock buying groceries. And at Uscan, uh, if you can draw the picture in your head, I usually stand towards the back, towards the front entrance, so that I can see what people are doing when they're by you know when they're scanning and all that, just to make sure everything's going well. Corporate wants you to stand up front. And Dan, when he was off the clock and buying groceries, said Tom, you need to be standing up front drawing in customers, you know, kind of in a really angry tone of voice like that. And I thought that was absolutely positively uncalled for. You know, when you're off the clock and buying groceries, you don't need to take out your frustration on a fellow co-worker. And I played it smart, waited out my vacation so I get paid for my vacation, Went a couple days, you know, trying to think, okay, do I really still want to be here? And then the third day, I just walked. I'm like, you know what? This isn't where I'm going to be in 20 years. I'm done. I have a degree. I have a, I have a associates in broadcasting and a bachelor's in communications and technical writing. It's time I used those things and got a job with them. So I just walked out of the place. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you, you just reach your breaking point, and sometimes uh, there's only so much you can take, and uh, it sounds like that that was you. Yep, it, w- it was time. I just felt it was time, and there are times where I kind of miss it. Honest, Honestly, even though it would be really hectic, having the restricted hours would help um, now, but uh, it would also be times like this where I'd say, you know, it's time, and I'm glad I did it. So a couple of very deep stories on my end to end this podcast but that's part of the variety show um part of what makes this show a variety show so um i guess i'll say any final word uh hey thanks for having me on mm-hmm. uh, this is awesome anytime you want to talk hey <laughs> this hour flew by we, and, and, yes. <laughs> and you know uh Hey, yeah, we'll, we'll get through this uh, somehow, just like we did uh, this, this past hour. Especially, yeah. Well, I really had zero expectations for this variety show, but this thing, I think we knocked it out of the park, and hopefully it'll get a lot of views. So he is Joe Toscano, a.k.a. Joey Bag of Donuts. You can follow him at Joey Bag of O.V. Donuts. 
And this has been the Tom Green Podcast.